Coming up next on this episode of the Unlock You podcast. I love the fact that we have this inbuilt reward system in our brain. I mean, it's so beautiful, but it was meant for things like relationships Mm -hmm. and community because it's for our souls, isn't it? But what happens with refined sugar is that, for instance, you see that your your client, it was a reward for her. You do it again and again and again. But what happens is that that Snickers bar, one of that doesn't create the satisfaction and and Mm -hmm. you're wanting more to try and get that. And it's similar to a heroin addict or a cocaine addict. It's like that one shot doesn't satisfy anymore. And so that's why we have this epidemic of addiction. Hey friends, thanks so much for joining us. This is Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. I'm a clinical psychologist, leadership consultant, and a really big fan of you getting to fulfill your life purpose. I want you to get unstuck and unlock your potential relationally, emotionally, spiritually, and vocationally. Thanks for joining us and let's get started. Welcome to Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford and my fantastic Aussie friend, Beck. And I thank you for being on this episode. What a joy. So we have had quite the little hustle trying to get our time zones right, i.e. it's really my issue, and then the sound and all the things. So be ready for an incredible episode with Bex, who's going to tell us all about health and nutrition as we launch into this new year and not in the fuddy-duddy, boring, you should be on a fast or a new year resolution or something, but like the lifestyle of truly stewarding health. So it is a privilege and a joy to be with you. Thank you. Oh, it's such a joy to be with you too. This is going to be fun. I agree. Okay. So I know that there's a history in context that led you up to being like the social media leader on health and nutrition. And you've led like thousands of people through your course and you've mentored and coached people. So what is some of your journey? How did you become so interested in stewardship and health through nutrition? Well, you know, if I look back on my life, I can see that it's always been there. Like mum was cooking from scratch in the 70s. She was cooking curries. There was a woman called Margaret Fulton, who's an Australian icon, and she's been attributed for changing the way Australians ate because typically in the 50s, 60s and before, we were meat and three veg. But she bought us the flavours of the world. She bought us Italian, she bought us Indian and spices, and we started using legumes, which were, you know, red kidney beans, lentils. And so mom was cooking this way. She was, and we, she didn't, we didn't have sugar back then. She would make maybe Anzacs and that was it. So flavor was always part of my life. So, but as a young teenager, I became massively addicted to sugar refined sugar so although I was step on some people's toes yes (laughs) well I I guess that's why my message is so powerful and why people connect with me because I understand how delightful food can be but also how damaging it can be not only for the body but for mental health you know, because, and the research about refined sugar is out there and it's clear. It's yeah. it's a poison to the brain and a poison to the gut and to the liver. So, but, so I was always eating a truckload of veggies, always cooking from scratch. I've never been a processed food girl. In fact, I think I had my last McDonald's when I was 21 in Europe. 
and I'm now 55. So I just, and I wasn't doing everything right back then. I was eating a lot of sugar and doing a lot of other things, but I just knew that I, I didn't like the way it made me feel. Okay, so let's just pause for anybody yeah. who's just listening audio. She's gorgeous. Her skin is like a 20 year old. So you just said you're 54? I'm 55. Yeah. 55? <laughs> oh my gosh. You but guys you have to go to my YouTube and watch. She's so oh, beautiful. What beautiful skin. Do you want to know something, Shannon, though? You know, people say it's genetics and <clears throat> yes, there can be a part of that, but my skin looks better now mm -hmm. than it did when I was in my thirties because of what I'm eating. Wow. I mean, sugar is very, very refined sugar. So not the beautiful sugars like medjool dates, raw honey, maple syrup, but refined sugar. And it's in 90% of processed foods and 90% of supermarket foods. Yeah. And especially in America, like, you know, I'm planning on spending some time over there. So I've been Googling things like plant-based milks for when I have my organic coffee, uh -huh. really hard to find a plant-based milk without sugar in it. Wow. Because I think America more so than Australia dumps oh, yeah. sugar and everything. However, Australian supermarkets, what I always say is there's only 10% of products that you can buy. Most things for health, you can now get at the supermarket, mm. but most foods that line the aisle are damaging for the body because they're filled with refined sugar, vegetable oils, and man-made additives, which the body just wasn't made to be able to cope with those with all that junk, basically. So I was in my 20s, refined sugar addict, and just massively addicted. And I knew I, I could have a huge binge. Like I could eat, do you have Tim Tams in America? I don't know what that is. Okay, so, okay, a, a block of, you have Hershey bars. So. Oh, sure, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So I could eat maybe two blocks of that. You know, I'd feel pretty gross. And the next day I'd wake up with what I call a sugar hangover. Mm. And I would have eaten other things too because I had a little bit of bulimic back then in my 20s. Uh -huh bulimia and so the next day I would eat a truckload of veggies truckload of raw truckload of anything that I knew big plate of broccoli steam that I knew would make me feel better and I just have to ride it out and this was me for for 25 years wow. obviously when I got older it wasn't a daily thing but I I had many times of crying out I hate this I hate this because I'd find myself going down to the supermarket late at night mm -hmm. just to get that sugar fix because you get fixated that's the yeah. thing yeah. or you'll search your pantry for absolutely anything that resembles sugar because what I didn't realize is no no willpower is strong enough mm -hmm. for that demon of refined sugar because it's a gut brain thing the gut and the brain they talk yes absolutely. so it's a, it's a body thing and when you fix your gut and you populate it with the good microbiome you're going to have good messages to the brain and vice versa yeah. so 13 years ago or in 2008 my marriage ended very suddenly and um instead of what I would normally have done racing to food for comfort mm -hmm. there was this grace on my life and I ran into the kitchen and I started cooking new recipes because I've always cooked mm. but I just started creating in the kitchen and somehow I don't know I got onto green smoothing I'd always researched my whole life since my 20s I would get books out of the library I was interested in health 
I've always loved the way the body works. I knew the dangers of refined sugar. That's why I think it messed with me so much because I knew what I was doing was damaging my body yeah. and that the dark days that I had were related to what I put in my mouth. You just had to kind of ride it out. And it was just this cycle, this never-ending cycle, which is debilitating. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've coached a lot of people and I get the pain of that addiction yeah. cycle, which you would, I mean, from a psychology point of view, absolutely, it's debilitating. Absolutely. Isn't it? Can you talk yeah. into that to me? Because I'm interested in that because I know it's about the neural pathways absolutely. in our brain. We keep going back to what we know. Mm -hmm. that they become our default absolutely and I know uh one woman that I worked with she was a little girl and the first time chocolate was introduced and so the classical conditioning of that reward pathway and yeah. how when a high of that intensity and it's the first time I know I was reading in some of your material your daughters would like ice cream or something yeah. um, and so those classical conditionings and what fires together wires together is an old adage and so, so the brain then creates those neural pathways and those connections and then the automaticity so the brain likes um going to like kind of the low-hanging fruit whatever's the easiest way to get right. something um then that's the easiest way to do it and so then we go on default habits and so if i come home and i'm like oh i just want to watch tv and drink wine and eat something and have something sweet because there's yeah. a euphoria there's an emotional connection that i'm trying to recreate through neurochemistry by altering the brain by hitting the reward pathway and so there's regions of the brain dedicated to that throughout our entire life and a lot of times you know this is a, a metaphor but a lot of people are like dry drunks so we could be dry sugarholics or dry you know eating disorder people um, because we can go without for a really long time and so then there's like a waiting a waiting a waiting and you're actually the likelihood to binge later and so then we feel bad we feel shame yes. like well I already messed up so I might as well eat more um and so then you're just again self-medicating that shame cycle and unworthiness and then the comfort eating where we're changing our neurochemistry and our mood state through the chemicals additives preservatives sugar whatever might be in that food and a lot of times nutritionally and I think you would agree we're actually deficit I think I've read research that especially in the United States that we're oh, the most that, obese yeah. and yet malnourished society oh, that we have more without, food than without, ever. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without, and, and, you know, I don't even like the term anymore obese because mm -hmm. it, it, it almost puts this us in this category oh I'm not obese but the fact is our body wasn't designed to carry weight mm -hmm. and my I, look you know what I'm not about the bikini body let's face it I'm 55 you can't have a bikini body at 55 however I still wear a bikini but the thing is when we carry any weight around our our waist yeah it's, it's fat around our organs. And if you carry weight around your stomach, guaranteed not to have a thriving liver. Mm -hmm. And your liver's the most important organ in the body. I mean, obviously we can't live without any of them, but, um, mm -hmm. but your liver is responsible for so many processes. Can I just detour back to something yes. about you were talking about the brain and then we'll go on to the liver because it's fascinating. Yeah. I love the fact that we have this inbuilt reward system in our mm -hmm. brain. 
I mean, it's so beautiful, but it was meant for things like relationships mm. and community and those, or, or movies, although, because it's for our souls, isn't it? Mm. Uh -huh. But what happens with refined sugar is that, for instance, you see that your, your, your client, it was a reward for her. Mm -hmm. And so you do it again and mm -hmm. again and again. But what happens is that that Snickers bar or that little slice of Hershey or whatever it is you have in America that's popular, for us it's like a Snickers bar or a Mars bar, one of that doesn't doesn't create the satisfaction and, right. and you're wanting more mm -hmm. you're wanting more to try and get that and it's similar to a heroin addict or a cocaine mm -hmm. addict it's like that one shot doesn't satisfy anymore and so that's why we have this epidemic of addiction mm -hmm. I think the saddest thing for me is when and I want to race up to the mother and say please don't is when you see babies that aren't walking in in arms and the mother is giving them a lick of the ice cream or it's yeah. those things. And so often kids go from the boob to this palate. We've got desensitized palates now in our kids. They want hyper sweet mm -hmm. and they want hyper salty and hyper tasty. And in fact, in Australia, one of our best research centers, Deakin University, and I think it's one of the best in the world, they carried out a study several years ago on toddlers. And what they found was that 50% of toddlers are at risk of heart disease, stroke, high blood pressure later in life, all because of their daily diet. And the biggest culprit was breakfast cereals because of the processed additives, the refined sugar, but the salts, mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, we've just become, so, so kids now can't taste the beautiful sweetness of a raw cashew. Right. Or, or a carrot. I mean, for instance, we go through, I think, we go through about four kilos of carrots a week in our house. I mean, we go through an incredible amount of vegetables because that's what the body was designed to eat mainly. Slow cooked meat is best. I love a bit of organic meat. Um, but you can't OD on carrots. You have one carrot with a small handful of almonds or tamari almonds or Hummus. some kind of yeah and that satisfies try eating five carrots you won't do it but listen <laughs> one mars bar you'll be wanting more sure or one hershey bar you'll be wanting more yeah. and i think it's that fixation i mean i got to the place and i know many sugar addicts can refined sugar addicts can and i call it an addict because it is an addiction mm -hmm. um but many refined people that are addicted to refined sugar will will tell you that I could have been at a social gathering and I love people like I can tell you do too. Mm -hmm. And we could be having a conversation, but if I'd had a piece of that cheesecake, I'd be really interested in what you're saying, but I'd be fixated. I want another piece, yeah. you okay. know? And so I would often be known to say, listen, I'm so interested in what you're saying. I'm just going to go and get, you know, I'll come back. But you know, that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> you know so yeah so going back to I love the fact that we do have a reward system in mm -hmm. our brain I just think that's such a beautiful our bodies are so magnificently crafted and I think that's what we've lost sight of I mean we know where it says we've been intricately and curiously wrought you know I mean the body is magnificent and I think for me when I started uh what I'm doing now in 2013, I sat down and I did over a thousand hours of 
um, research, all peer reviewed, because my kids were in primary school and I was just talking to mums in their 30s that were having gut issues, hormone issues, weight issues, the kids. You know, I've got friends that are teachers in their retired teachers. They didn't have ADHD. It was one in 10,000. You know, and now it's every second kid has stomach issues. Constipation is huge. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's not uncommon to hear, oh, yeah, my my child only goes once a week. Well, that's a recipe for disaster and disease. Oh, absolutely. And and, and so, you know, I started thinking, this isn't right. What's happened? Why? why is our bodies like that? And by that stage, I was no longer addicted to refined sugar because I was on my green smoothie train and changing over my gut microbiome. But I never forget, I was sitting down to research um, the first light bulb moment. And I had a business partner, a really close friend of mine. We started this together. Um, The first light bulb moment of, oh my goodness, the body wasn't designed for disease. It's got everything inside it to heal, build and restore itself every day. Like we were not set up for failure. Yes, I agree. You know, we just weren't. We, 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 you know, you look at, we were meant to die in our sleep at 95, 100, whenever, without pharmaceuticals, but we've been trained to buy modern medicine and we're thankful for modern medicine. It's not about shaming. Mm-hmm. You know, my daughter had her appendix out in grade six, thank God. But, but do- medical doctors are trained brilliantly in diagnosis. They're trained in surgery and they're trained in pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. That's their training. They're, they do zero or two weeks in their whole five, six, 10 year degree two weeks in nutrition and so what we do is we go to the doctor for an ailment you know we might have high blood pressure we get put on a pill for that Mm -hmm. and then we might go with high cholesterol or you know irritable bowel and we get a pill for every ill exactly you know but that's about the health and nutrition and the daily things we're putting in our body that's right but but that's not how the body was designed so i get people asking me oh what food can i eat for hormone health what food can i eat for fertility what food can i eat for this but that's not how the body the body's not selective when the body heals it heals as a whole yes you know so heal your your gut get your liver thriving mm-hmm. and basically everything else will work because you've got your immune system in your gut so it's a whole it's a whole system that is so meshed together you can't separate it but it wasn't designed for disease and I kept having those light bulb moments and and I realized that the statistics out there four percent of people eat enough vegetables for good health so that's 96 percent of people don't and if you go back to um Yes, so it's just, and I think what I began to realise was because I'd always cooked from scratch, I began to realise because we opened an organic veg and fruit shop as well, I started doing, because I realised people didn't eat, let's start to provide boxes of goodness, living colour for people, started out of our garage and it grew so much that we opened a retail shop in 2016 and we were home delivering and shifting two tonne of veg and fruit a week. But I began to realize people don't know what to cook with this. Yeah. People don't know how to, you know, if you you can only steam broccoli, the kids aren't going to get on board. (laughs) 
you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We don't know how to make vegetables and whole foods ridiculously yummy. Mm-hmm. And so we don't do it. We go for the fake tasty, the sauce over pasta or the, the mm-hmm. cheesy, I don't know, whatever it is mm-hmm. in a can or whatever that we put over our vegetables to make them delicious. When really, when we've got spices and lemon and lime and garlic and onion and and pomegranate seeds and toasted seeds and nuts and maple syrup, you can make delicious food with it. You know, and I think we've got, I've just finished writing and I've just launched my gut course. And so for me, it was really- Oh, it was just, it was thrilling. It was exciting for me because I was learning more because you never stop learning about the body, especially as you age, like each decade, the body changes is what I found. I mean, there was a change for me at 40 and there was a definite change for me at 50. And now at 55, my needs are different. Like I don't eat nearly as much as, as I did in my 30s. And I actually don't get ravenously hungry. But I think what happens with people that, are, that aren't in touch with or their livers are, uh, aren't thriving in their gut, they keep eating the same amounts of food. But we don't, our metabolism isn't burning up as much food That's as we used to, you know. Right. So um, there's all types of things. And I, I need different supplements at 55. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, the gut, because what I realized is, meat is just I've always known it It was a huge problem but we would not have the need for factory farming if we ate meat in the proportion to what our body wanted but what we're doing is we're serving up huge mounds of meat and that's what we're living on Mm -hmm. but that bowel cancer is the second I think it's either the it's the most common bowel cancer or the second most common bowel cancer happening in younger and younger kids because in your belly, you've got an in, a tennis court of intestines. A ten, if you were to spread it out, that tubing would cover a small tennis court. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. But you can imagine if I had a piece of steak and I got a hammer to it and started hammering it, or the chicken, what happens? Nothing. It just flattens. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I had an apple and a carrot and I got a hammer to it and started hammering it, yeah. it breaks apart, water splits. Well, that's what it's like for digestion. Mm-hmm. And so that's why slow cooking is best because it breaks down the meat. It's tenderized. You pull the meat apart and meat has a lot of goodness in it. It just does. I'm doing a lot of talking here, Shannon. No, I love it. So um, I'll just say this last comment, and then I want to get to hearing some more about um, the psychology of food, because I think that's, yeah. let's talk more about the brain pathways. But basically your whole plate, everything that you eat, every, every time you go to eat, 75% of it needs to come from plants, and vegetables by volume, but it has little calories. And then you want your calories to come from fat, but little amounts. So your good fats are things like organic grass-fed meat, organic eggs, uh, your chia, your seeds, your nuts, your avocado, your fish, fish oil, that type of thing, but in small amounts. Mm. So it's just this is why I say, and I guess it's the same for you with emotional health, education oh, it's yeah. all about it edu- it starts with education because if you don't know 
if you don't know that that chip and dip that you're having every Friday night or those grazing platters, which are some of the worst, like it'll have cherries and it'll have dried fruit, but then it's filled with all this processed meat, which is oh, costly. Oh, charcuterie board that I serve at parties, but <laughs> we're all coming off of Christmas parties, no? <laughs> oh, look, I saw so many of them over Christmas and I'm like, you know what, if you don't know, yeah. how do you know unless you've been taught? That's and right. we, we, we've allowed the food manufacturers to feed us, which I will talk about in a minute. But I'm what I'm interested in, it's the same with education. If you don't, if someone doesn't pull you up and say, hey, that's a toxic thought, mm-hmm. that's why people get into, that's why they come to you because they're in a state because talk about that, can you? Because I'm fascinated with the whole brain processes and the neural pathways it's hard to change a neural pathway isn't it oh absolutely. that's where the struggle lies is in changing that pathway so that these thriving pathways become the new default exactly so what we were saying before about the automaticity the brain and what's that word automaticity Autom- it just means automatic so like your phone <laughs> how it auto populates your password for you automaticity is essentially what your brain does where it will auto populate things and so your brain will go the last time I felt happy the last time I felt relationship connection the last time I felt sad or angry or upset or angry or blah blah then your brain will go oh this is what I did last time and so that's where people will try to like diet and they'll do really really good and they'll have like a emotional moment and all of a sudden they revert back and that's just that classical conditioning it's like it's auto-populating oh the last time I was in something similar this is what I did this is what I felt this is how I acted and behaved and so it's almost like a script or a self-state so if you think of yourself like a kaleidoscope instead of one solitary there's parts of us and so there's parts of us that are defense mechanisms not literal walls that's a literal part of my soul so that part of my soul is that whole job is to say no 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 I like your diet and all that's great but I need my emotions to be okay I need to feel full when I feel emotionally empty And so the body and the brain are, um, they don't know the difference between physical fullness and emotional fullness. They're just looking for that fullness, that sensation. And so like when we have candida yeast overgrowth, for instance, then it's like this voracious hunger, like nothing will satisfy. And so it blocks the ability for the body to recognize I'm full, I'm satiated. And it just keeps sending out these signals of cravings, very similar in the soul where our body has these idols. And so our soul is going, Oh, if I just have this, then I'll be satisfied. If I just have that emotional or that relationship or porn or food or whatever it is for each person, uh, that reward pathway is trying to satisfy an insatiable hunger. And so I think of, uh, our soul idols are kind of like our body's yeast overgrowth where it creates miswirings and then it creates an insatiable appetite. And then the body is no longer able to regulate i'm full i'm satisfied because this yearning has been activated where i'm symbolically trying to fill something that can never actually be filled and you know that's so true because i'm a big believer and i don't branch out into it now i've got you i'll be able to but my journey to to becoming free of refined sugar was yes, changing over my microbiome, getting my liver healthy so that the brain connections, but it was also my marriage had just broken up. And so it was about me 
getting whole in my soul. Yes. You know, it, it's a two-part prong, isn't it, really? Because, like you were saying, we eat for comfort. We eat because we remember that there was some emotion attached to it. And so for me, it was like I was on this journey hand in hand with food, learning about the power of it on the body, but also, hang on, what's happening in my soul? Mm -hmm. And why did I live like that for so long? Yeah. You know, why, why, and really delving back. And that's a lifelong journey, I think. But, but I mean, it, it, you can get to a stage where you're whole. Uh-huh. Absolutely. You know? But it's a never ending. I mean, things will come up, things will trigger us. We go, well, what's that about? Yes. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yes. And the low hanging fruit is to just go I in like the pantry that. and just grab yeah. something because it's quick and easy. Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, I'm big on we've become so lazy in the kitchen and and I don't mean that in a nasty way, but what happened in the sixties, this is what's happened. And this is why I think education is important and, and why I've sold so many courses, I think, because, and why people connect with me because I give them understanding and, you know, in all our getting, we've got to get understanding. Right. So um, in the sixties or the fifties, early sixties, women started going back to work prior to that, they were the cooks in the home, men couldn't cook. And so women used to teach their children how to cook, I guess the females. But women started going back to 60s. Equal pay was coming up. Thank God for the suffragettes all those yeah. years ago. Women started having a voice, thank goodness. And the food manufacturers stepped in. And in fact, I think it's in the gut course that I actually talk about it. You know, you've got... Um, like Campbell's, Campbell's Soup or the big food manufacturers, there's about 10 of them that rule the world, uh, in the food world. Yeah. So, for instance, Kraft that does peanut butter and a host of other things, it was yeah. owned by Philip Morris, the tobacco company, many years ago. Wow. <laughs> you cannot tell me they've got health on your mind. And they, they employ food scientists that go to university to, be, to do food science to find they in the internal me memos that you can source, you, they want to find the bliss point of food that will cause addiction, cause people to come back because it, it's a billion dollar industry. Oh, sure. I mean, they make so much. So what happened is they started giving us the very subtle messages in the 60s. We'll feed your families. You don't have time to cook. Spend time doing the things that you love. Yeah. And they started coming out with these TV dinners and these chicken-like products, chicken-like, not real chicken. Yeah, and cheese-like. Uh, cheese-like products. Mm -hmm. And they started butchering things like I grew up having pasteurised milk, which was the milkman would deliver the milk every morning to our doorstep big layer of cream on it so every time you used it in your coffee or your tea or your breakfast time you had to shake it so that the the fat the layer of fat or the layer of cream would get mixed through the milk mm -hmm. but then in the 70s what happened was they started homogenizing it so they broke down the fat particles even more they heated and treated it more processing has a very long shelf life now you know you can milk has like three weeks shelf life and what happened we, we've got an epidemic of lactose intolerance because yeah. when you mess with nature you mess 
with our bodies. Yeah. And so I used to buy for my cup of tea raw bath milk, which can't be sold legally in Australia to drink. It has to be sold in the health shop under bath milk. You bath in it. Okay. It has a shelf life of two days because it comes straight from the cows. Uh-huh. Two days it goes rancid. So that's re- it's got all the enzymes. It, that's real milk, you know. Mm-hmm. However, milks, our bodies weren't designed to drink a lot of milk cow's milk but that's for another story so this is the message that they've given us about it's boring in the kitchen and so the biggest thing that I educate on is you have to get back in the kitchen Mm -hmm. and you've got to find joy you've got to stay in the moment and not be thinking about I don't want to be doing this I've got other things to do Mm. I don't want to be doing this you've got to stay present in the kitchen put your podcast on put a YouTube, watch us, um, <laughs> and get cooking. And something happens when you start using all that beautiful produce, all those greens and all that colour, or I can smell, the girls will often come home and I'll have a sl- slow cook in the oven because I do my slow cooking in the oven for meat, but a slow cooker is just as good. And they'll come home and they'll go, oh, that smells wonderful, mum. You know, like, and there's something happens and something takes over mm. where it's actually a joy to feed your family this way. Yeah. But you've got, the, the struggle is carving these new pathways so that when I have a bad day, because do I always feel like cooking? Absolutely not. And it can be groundhog. You know what I'm saying? But I'm interested in living to 95 without medication and I'm interested in living without disease. Wow. So, but, but there's something that happens that just takes over. And when you sit down and every night the kids will say to you, oh, mom, this is fantastic. Like I have a sweet tooth still. Uh Uh-huh. My girls are not addicted to sugar. They must be the one of the few kids, yeah, <laughs> that just aren't. But they never missed out on flavour. They never missed out on sweets growing up because I was cooking, like I do in Path to Thriving, you should cook that caramel slice. It's the best. Do you like mm-hmm. sweets? I like chocolate, yeah. You'd love caramel slice. Okay. You know, it's got like six ingredients um it's just I mean all my food is really beautiful and that's what I think what people realize they go wow this is you know food is fun because it's got to be fun that's and that's my whole message if we don't create this delicious culture in the home yeah we will revert back to supermarket take fake tasty because food is first for nourishment but equally it's for our souls yes you know, can you talk about that to me? Because I'm interested in like things for the soul. We were meant to have fun for our souls, weren't we? Yes. Well, gosh, I so agree. Um, knowing the historical context of becoming a workaholic culture and yeah. how so much of our children are growing up latchkey yeah. and they're kind of growing up. This right? Latchkey is an expression in the United States. It just means like um, they kind of unlock the door or the apartment or the home and the parents are probably still at work. And so they'll spend a couple hours by themselves before their parents get home. 
so, technology probably. Yes. Um, so what we're training is like the technology or the TV, social media, all of that hits a reward pathway. And so everything else is boring. And so yeah. what I want is everything to hit that high, high dopamine level instead yeah. of just normal uh, boredom. And they say boredom is actually the inventor, um, the environment for us to create and innovate and create sticks into swords and to create. Yeah, and that that worries me for this generation that we're yes. not going to have the creative pathways because when at you you you're I know you're much younger than me, but you were still at the age that when mum and dad got out of the car, mm-hmm. we just sat and looked, didn't, and we thought. Uh-huh. yeah there was no yeah. technology yeah no no <laughs> so anyway keep going about the emotional the latch key yeah um so a big part of it i think emotionally families are disconnected on accident yeah. good yes. and they love their kids and they will yes. do anything and yes. buy anything for them and we yes. actually have an indulgence and entitlement culture now yes. um but they're not getting enough eye contact and attunement and attachment um, so going back to food being representative and yeah. so if food represents pleasure and connection and love and belonging and home yes. and all of those things yeah. And if I'm not getting it from the attachment and the eye contact and the relationship and the um, the being known and being seen, then I self-medicate that and I make that go away. And I would say even a little bit in my own life, I adore my parents and they adore me and they would do anything for me in the world, but they were business owners. So they were really busy and they were gone a lot. And so I have memories of all the other kids running around and I would be like eating an adult sized steak and I would be eating like full adult meals. And I'm like five years old. I should be totally like bored with food and wanting to go run and play and do everything with everybody else. And I developed fat cells that the rest of my life. And so going back to children, when we introduce fat way too young, those cells are now there permanently. Get like so and so then now people are kind of wrestling the rest of their life with those fat cells, trying to shrink them back down. While other uh, people who don't have those fat cells from an early age, they don't have to wrestle in the same way. You can gain weight and create new fat right. cells later, yeah. but to have them from such a young age, because I, I was feeling an emotional vacuum of wanting relationship. Yeah. Um, my parents were gone. We lived in the country. So I was busy with myself a lot, you know, I'm playing Barbie. Yeah. I'm bored. I'm understimulated. And so food is a natural way to stimulate the brain. And so it hits that reward pathway and then I'm content and then they get to go work and I get to just keep playing. And I don't realize that my soul's actually craving to be seen, to be known, to be delighted in. And the emotional connection, the absence of that is then increasing the desire for food. So powerful, Shannon. I mean, and that was similar to my journey with food addiction too, because I was bulimic for several years, is that there were deficiencies in my childhood too, you know, just from stuff happening. And I went to food as my source of comfort and and it was really my best friend because I would sit and eat and think and I'd feel so comforted and so... And I know that's been my journey. And I know that's the journey of so many people. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, this is so, so good. Thank you. Okay, we are going to pause here and this will be the end of this episode and then we will pick up and we'll see you next Sunday and we're going to hear amazing solutions. We are not a channel that just talks about the problem. No, we want to hope. give you so much lots hope. of hope, lots of yeah. practical and what you can do. So be sure to subscribe, like, do the things so you're notified next Sunday when this episode comes out for all all the fun solutions so that you can have good health and live to 95 or 100 without medication, just living life, enjoying good health. We love you guys and we'll see you next time. Hey, thanks so much for watching this episode of Unlock You. It is our dream to invest in you. And one of the ways you can do that is by getting more of the bonus material, the content, and to know about future events. Head to the website, drshannoncrawford.com, subscribe to the newsletter, and you'll be the first to know what we're rolling out. And we want you to truly get unlocked so that you can thrive, not only for yourself, but also for the greater calling on your life. Let's link arms and do it together. See you in the next episode.